For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Heard Tell. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell. One of our favorites, Jericho Hill. He works for one of them four-letter, not three-letter uh, government organizations as an economist, but we're going to talk a little more cultural stuff today. He's also a contributor at Ordinary-Times.com, has a new piece up that we're going to be talking about. Jericho, how was your holiday weekend, my friend? Uh, filled with uh, some burger cookouts and little kids splashing in pools, so pretty good holiday weekend. As God intended it. God bless America. Well done, sir. Appreciate you. Okay, here's one of those things where I should know more about it than I do, but I don't because um, my own precluity. So I'm just going to openly upfront admit I have a bias against this particular subset of our culture because, and you understand this, it's a messy area. It's something that I don't fully understand. It's just a blind spot. So I'm going to ask you and you're going to explain it to me. But we've been talking about Uvalde and the response and particularly the law enforcement response. There is a huge subset of our culture that uses Reddit. So before we get into the Reddit thing, just in case, let's make sure everybody's on the same page. Explain what Reddit is, because it's also a, a pejorative in the media space to say, oh, Redditors and Reddit. Um, I'm guilty. I'll admit it. Explain what it actually is to folks first. And then I'm going to get into because I think what you've uncovered here on Reddit is actually really revealing to something that we kind of knew from the coverage. But this sure does uh, explain it more, doesn't it? Yeah, so so Reddit is an online community, much like an online message board, chat board, things like that, that's been in existence for quite some time. Uh, most people who view Reddit view it from what's called the all page, where you can see sort of all of the various communities. And, you know, what pops up is according to some algorithm, some upvote, downvote thing that's going on. But Reddit mostly is a collection of very small individual message boards and some, you know, I, I moderate several of these. One is my subreddit on bad economics, where we find examples of bad economics in the wild, be it from the president to the speaker of the house to crazy cut candidates for governor in Georgia, uh, and explain sort of why their policy statement is bad econ and say, this is this is actually what, what we know about econ in respect to this. You know, you've got your, your communities for say sports teams, you know, for the Atlanta Falcons or for the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, you've got communities on personal finance. You've got communities that share cat pictures. You've got communities dedicated to various uh, professions. Uh, we'll get into one of those. And then you've got sort of more of the cesspool of, of Reddit where you've got the conspiracy-minded folks with their group, the Ask the Donald and, and the Donald subreddit that was notorious back in 2016 and 2020, uh, and other sort of groups that you know might appeal more to folks that are like gamer gators or 
uh, communities of involuntarily celibates. And um, we could get more down into the rabbit hole. And the further we go down, the muckier and muckier it is, the most, and the more and more hope that I have that my daughter never has to see any of that stuff. So Reddit can be a very good place. It's got great subreddits. Like uh, I'm, I'm a proud contributor in Dad for a Minute, um, where we just basically provide you know, dad advice for, for a minute and try to be positive. Uh, and then it can get really, really bad. So we, we do have professional groups on here. You were monitoring this. And so let me, let me, before you get in pressure, let me just yeah, say, so some, so some subreddits will, will flare users. And that just means to everybody, you get like a little nameplate. And typically a subreddit would do this, like in our econ subreddits, I'm used to, we'll flare someone if they provide evidence, you know, proof, right. That, um, you know, they, they have a PhD or, you know, they're, they're working at the Federal Reserve. They have some sort of expertise, right? So folks will know this is not just some random online schmuck, right? This is actually someone that the moderator team and we, like my team that I work with, we have a set of rules of what we accept as documents and how we cross check and fact check whether this is a real person or not. Um, and other communities will have sort of similar you know, arrangements. Um, and so the community we're going to talk about, you know, probably has some sort of verification so that there are some users that are posting on the community that, that don't have any flair. And there are some users that will have a flair, they'll indicate what they are. And so there's a sort of a tacit understanding that like, if you have a flair on some of these subreddits, um, you've shown the moderating team proof that you are who you say you are. Now, when we get to this law enforcement thing that you found, um, again, we need to know the, the structure of how Reddit works because this is based, you know, this is kind of a 5.0 of the old discussion board stuff. Yeah. The moderators that control something like a law enforcement Reddit, because that's what we're going to get into, because the moderators were pushing one narrative and censoring. I hate to use that word because everybody's going to lose their freaking mind, but I don't have a better word. So you can explain. Let's just better. call it cancel culture, baby. Well, uh, no, let's not because we only got a we only got an hour show. Um, the moderators were trying to steer the discussion one way and the rank and file for lack of a better term was not talk about that dynamic because I find this interesting because we talk about free speech. We don't talk about the messy edge of free speech. This is the messy edge of it. The moderators are fighting with the rank and file. And now we have a week's worth of news that back up that the rank and file were right. And the moderators were wrong. Yeah. So, so in many respects, like the moderating group these are these are four free folks that you know help make the the website run these various small subreddits um and these folks may or may not necessarily be law enforcement officers themselves and the subreddit that i'm talking about specifically today is the protect and serve subreddit on, on reddit and it's one of the it's the biggest law enforcement you know site that you know that we have um and there are a ton of police officers that are flared there and you can see that this person's a retired cop or this person's a sergeant etc so I just I just want to make it clear that like you know on some subreddits all the moderating staff are are known to actually be experts in the field like on our econ subreddits you know everyone knows that we have a master's or PhD or some other thing qualification more on there so I don't necessarily know what the qualifications are for protecting serve of not on the moderating staff I don't know their individual moderating rules what I do know is that as the Uvalde sort of shooting developed um, the moderating staff um, would lock down threads discussing it. Um, and, and then putting in their own sort of um, comments of how this is involving situation. We don't know the facts, you know, stop with the, you know, hive mind, Reddit, conspiracy theories, stop insulting the cops. The cops definitely went in there the first thing that they had. There was no 40 minute break. There was no hour long wait, none of that stuff. Oh, by the way, the, the, the uh, 
a teacher left the door open, so we shouldn't even blame the cops in the first place. And that was the moderating team. And several moderators were going into various discussion threads and essentially uh, deleting posts uh, from un unflared users and, and steering the conversation towards not blaming the Uvalde police for their utterly incompetent response. Yeah, I'm pretty biased on this. Uh, the law enforcement officers who were flared, however, um, whose comments rose to the top because they were being uh, upvoted to the top by the user base and folks coming in from outside the community, um, were almost unanimously, you know, against what the moderating team was doing. And the cops are saying, what has happened in Uvalde as best as they could tell, these verified users ran against any sort of school shooting policy that they were aware of. And, you know, commenting that, look, we're trained to run in. And if it's one of us, it's one of us and it's on us. That's the responsibility of the badge. You know, um, and so it provided an interesting juxtaposition where it seemed like the leadership was attempting to whitewash what happened while the rank and file were saying, this is what destroys trust in cops. This is bad. And I'm just glancing through some of these Reddits because I don't want to quote them because I can't cite them. And, and you know how it is trying to do anonymity on Reddit. A lot of people pointing towards Parkland. We know the resource officer that hid in the stairwell during the Parkland shooting. We have a lot of these law enforcement uh, folks, or at least people that say they're police officers, again and again and again, like a lot of these comments start to really overlap really, really fast. All of them is like, you know, you stop the shooter first and then you yep. deal with everything else. You, you, stop the sh you stop the killing and then you deal with who's dead. I'm just looking at these like over and over and over again. The policy is you go towards a shooter as long as they're shooting. You don't wait on a barricade um, over and over again. And this How is long clear, this so in, the, well, well, in, the, in the response, like some of the law enforcement officers and the first responders that in other communities are coming and saying, look, it is highly likely that some of those kids did not die from the initial gunshot that they received from, from the assailant. They, they bled out, essentially. Um, and that's one of the reasons why these, these is my understanding for, from talking to other law enforcement officers that I know that I'm friends with. That's why part of the reason why they have this policy of you go in and you go in fast. Um, is because every minute sort of matters and you some of these gunshot wounds are survivable if you get help in fast enough i mean just the basic tenet of this thing is you stop the killing first and then yep. you deal with it. it's like you know it's like if you're you know in medical response you know <laughs> airway breathing bleeding you got to do the basic stuff first uh, how much is the time now that we know kind of the timeline here where he was in there for over an hour uh, the BORTAC team that had finally ended this thing, it took them an hour to get there. It took them another 20, 30 minutes to get the police out of the way to go in on their own. Is the time thing what really tipped this for a lot of people of like, okay, this wasn't five minutes to put a plan together. This wasn't 10 minutes waiting for the next carload of folks. The, the, this went way, way too long by any measurable standard. I mean, that, that's my gut reaction. You know, I'm not going to, you know, like, you know, as a father of a little kid, that it's going to have a kid going to elementary school pretty soon, you know, and I know you, you're a father and you, you had a similar sort of visceral reaction. You know, it, if this was like, this was a team of cops where the cops are like, we know we've got four cars of dudes coming in five minutes and then we're, we're surging the sky, you know, okay, I, I can understand waiting five minutes to go in with overwhelming power. You know, um, I can understand, you know, taking a few minutes to try to figure out a strategy, you know, get things set up. I don't understand an hour. It seems, you know, uh, incompetent. It seems, it seems cowardly. 
Uh, and then you have the, the the feds, right? And the feds are often you know maligned, you know, by the very same people that sometimes back the blue. Um, and these border patrol officers just it seems like they got tired of the police waiting, like from all accounts, and just went in there and did it themselves. Um, and one of those border patrol officers uh, apparently got grazed in the head by a bullet, but um, he's the one that put the put the killer down. Um, and you know, I, I'm I'm grateful that the border patrol took matters into their own hands and did what everyone should have been doing for a, a long time. And I think it is. I think it's the timing. I think you know. I think it comes with. Look, you are you covered this in your in your talk on her tell. You're a cop. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, community sort of like um, leadership from that. You get a lot of plaudits. You get a lot of kudos. You get a lot of respect. You're supposed to, right? But then, you know, by getting that, you're also supposed to do other things that ordinary other folks would not do. So as a father, yeah, I, if I was in this situation, I, I don't even know if the cops, the cops probably would have had to tase me to get me from prevent me from going into that building. Yeah, I, I, they'd have to shoot me. Um, the, the thing that also gets me here is we feared this kind of news was coming because the story kept changing immediately. The first three press conferences they had, they gave a different story every time, and that was a big red flag to me, like, uh-oh. And I believe even Governor Abbott's now let, trying, claiming that he was misled about the police response. Well, and I, I believe him because, again, yeah. not that I'm, a, you know, not to take up for Governor Abbott in any way, shape, or form, but he's just going off what he's told. He's not there. The guys yeah. on the ground that were there changed the story multiple times, which tells me, A, either they're covering something up, or B, they had no clue what was going on and or some combination of both, which is what I think is probably the truth here. Because clearly they didn't have a plan. Clearly the plan, you know, the... Oh, no, they had a plan. Remember, that these, the, the facts, came out, that, the facts he, came out that they did an emergency response at this very school with almost a very similar sort of drill as to what happened. But they didn't follow prior. that. They didn't follow that. And the, the, the chief of police's excuse of, well, I thought the kids were all dead. I was like, well, that makes even less sense because if the kids are all dead, then what are you really waiting on? Well, if the kids are all dead, then who's calling 911? <laughs> like, so we know that's a lot. Sorry to laugh about that, but like, no, it's you got to laugh face. because it's so bad. Like, what are you doing? It, and this is this guy's hometown. I don't know how he lives with this just as a human being. Anyway, Jericho I, mean, I think Hill. this also, this, this is destroying trust in cops. I mean, this is so, so much damage to, you know, uh, a relationship with law enforcement, you know, and, and I think it makes matters worse because uh, the kids were were not white that were harmed here. And if we're just we're dealing with all sorts of distrust between, you know, a minority population and cops, this doesn't help. Well, most of these cops are Hispanic, but well, okay, and I that's said, a valid point, yeah. and I that's said on Twitter um, when this happened, I said, you watch, we're going to find out stuff about this police department. It's and out you were now. Right. You NBC, were right. NBC News is reporting now the guy, the current chief of police, I'm not going to use his name because he doesn't deserve to have his name said uh, that the guy he replaced was actually fired and ran off uh, for personal accountability as you yep. pulled a gun on another officer mm -hmm. in a bar and all kinds of mess. So yeah, th this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in sequence and there's clearly something very broken. Why do you have four, four cops in a school district of 4,000 kids in the first place? But that's another story for another day. Uh, Jericho Hill, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to continue to talk about Uvalde a little bit. There's also a housing report. Um, he is an economist. He's actually Dr. Jericho Hill. Thank you very much. Um, there's a very interesting housing report. Housing's kind of his bailiwick. It's his little pet peeve inside of the economic community. I want to ask him about that too. More with Jericho Hill on her tell right after.
Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Uh, we're back with our friend Jericho Hill. He is an economist. Uh, he's also a writer. Uh, but we're talking about the Uvalde thing just as human beings and parents and things like that because the, yeah. the human being part of this doesn't make a lick of sense. All right, let me ask you a big picture thing. Again, we're not law enforcement officers. We're no. just writers, but we, we do kind of pay attention to this stuff. Where do we go from here? Because usually what happens with these, these shootings, you know, we've already, I have to make a conscious effort to go check on the news from Buffalo now. Um, we have to make a conscious, you know, do you, does, when's the last time you heard about the San Antonio mass shooting at the Walmart, which was only, you know, 80 miles from where this happened? That wasn't that long ago. These things escape our collective consciousness really, really quickly. So let's, let's assume just as adults, we got a small window here. What do you think the first one or two items we really need to address coming out of this? I know my number one one here, and I know people are going to want to talk guns and everything else, but my number one thing here is the police accountability because the, if, if you had a proper police force, this probably isn't as bad as it, it got. If you have proper law enforcement, maybe this guy gets caught because it was very clear now that there was all kinds of red flags about this individual. I mind police accountability. What's yours? Um, my thing is they clearly had training that was supposed to address exactly what to do. That training has clearly failed. So now I wonder how much this training, like, is this endemic to other police departments? What's wrong with the training? Is it the people or the training? You know, um, so, so I would, the first thing I would think about is what, you know, is, you know, what, what could we do something about the training? Um, you know, what, what happened there? The second is yes, accountability. Like we, we, we have to be able to hold the police responsible for the utter botch that they had um, in, in, uh, in this. Uh, and if we're unwilling to, to hold the police accountable when they were simply unwilling, you know, as far as I can tell, to, to go in uh, when they were supposed to, to save little kids, right? It's not even adults, it's not, these are little kids, innocent little kids. Um, you know, that, that's just a problem. You know, if you can, you can watch some interviews with the parents that have been on various news, and I, I had my heart broken numerous times, but I watched them because I, I needed to, I think it was important to watch and understand the pain that these parents are going through more than just a soundbite and, and not forget that. Um, and then, yeah, we can talk about what Congress is, what we want our, our legislators and whatnot and politicians to do. But look, Andrew, let's just be frank and realistic. Congress ain't going to do anything. They, they haven't done anything. They're just going to keep, we're, we're going to use guns and we're going to use school shootings. And this is me being cynical, and I'm sorry. But we're going to use this as political footballs to fundraise on, and much like you know a lot of other hot political topics, 
Um, the needle's not gonna move. Politicians are not gonna change their mind. There's not gonna be a bipartisan consensus. We're not even gonna be, we will not see anything at the federal level to even put into place a standard for a gun violence restraining order or clean up the reporting system for some of these obvious red flags that should have been caught, right? That as we're learning about the, the particular individual, you know, we, 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 we know that this particular individual tried to buy guns in the past and was actually stopped by, by laws on the books. But, you know, we know they've had, uh, you know, some, some mental issues. We know that they had some criminal issues. The warning signs were there, but the reporting system screwed up. But look, Texas legislators ain't gonna do anything and congressional legislators aren't gonna do anything. We know that. If, if Sandy Hook didn't, didn't, didn't cause something to happen, nothing will. Real quick before I got to let you go, let me deal with that training thing you brought up. I'll give you the answer to that training thing, because whether it was the military or in a corporate setting or even when I was a volunteer firefighter, whatever situation I've been in, training is like everything else. It, it depends on your leadership and how seriously they take training, because you can have training that's hardcore and you get a lot out of it. And you can have training where everybody shows up, goes through the motions for 20 minutes and we eat donuts for 45 minutes and talk to each other. And then up oh, we had training this week. I'm looking at the leadership. I'm looking at how these people conducted themselves on the crisis. I can tell you how their training sessions went right now, but I've see, I've got the evidence now. Their training was crap because their performance was crap. You practice like you play, and when you play bad, I know your practice went bad, and I know your leadership is bad. That's the answer to your leadership yeah. question, and I've got the evidence because I watched you stand around with your thumb up your butt while a bunch of kids died. Sorry, that's the truth. That's the evidence. That's the scoreboard. So how, my, how many police departments have inadequate training now? It would be nice to know, but we can't find out because we don't have any accountability with our police departments right now. Here's my thing with the police, and they already did it because they did it when I talked about it on my show last week. Don't Well, you don't support police. No, if you support something, if you care about something, I don't care if it's a police department. I don't care if it's your country. I don't care if it's your music genre. I don't care if it's your child. If you care about something, you hold it accountable because otherwise you don't care about it. You're just using it. And we've got a lot of people that are using the police for whatever reason, but if you care about it, you hold them accountable. And accountability is what did you do before the crisis? Every single one of these shootings over and over and over again, shooter was known to law enforcement, police reacted such and such. You know, there, there's something broken in law enforcement here. And again, I know every, we spent two days yelling at each other about guns online, and then we find out the cops stood around for an hour. Yeah. So we wasted we wasted everybody's bandwidth on that. And then we get to the truth of the matter of what really happened. And it's almost like everybody's already worn out from the old debate that well, we everyone's had. Already, they're all everybody's moved on. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and then like if you want to talk about the gun debate, like in Buffalo, where, you know, the, the, the security guy who was former police did everything right, mm -hmm. did absolutely everything right. And it wasn't enough. Well, there's a discussion to have. Yeah. But we can't have that discussion because now we're we went on to the next thing and we just automatically jumped on our priors and started talking about that before we even knew what was going on in in Texas. I know people want to focus on the gun part of it. I get it. I understand it. There's a debate to be had there. It's I don't easy know to that understand. Yeah, I don't know that you'll ever bridge it. But if you're going to bridge it, and somewhere that the two A folks have a legitimate gripe here is, how do you ever trust law enforcement with this? If you could bridge some of this law enforcement accountability stuff, you may not get more than an inch or two, but you're not going to get anything without the law because they've got a legitimate beef of why in the world should we ever trust law enforcement? Mm -hmm. 
that's a fair point for 2A advocates to say, especially rural ones where your law enforcement response 40, 45 minutes an hour, whatever the case may be. This law enforcement stuff, you better deal with it before you even try to start bridging any gaps there. That's just my humble but accurate opinion. Like I say, humble but accurate. Yeah, I, I, look, we have a trust issue um, with law enforcement uh, in this country, and that trust issue is both right wing and left wing. Um, and this this did nothing, did no favors to it. I, I don't, you know, I don't have, I wish there were, there, there are easy solutions, easy answers, but, you know, as I, as, I, as I alluded to, even some policies that we know may not have prevented this catastrophe, but, but might have been helpful. Various little things, you know, again, gun violence restraining orders, you know, things like that. Um, we're not likely to see any sort of, of mass action on those, you know, it, it seems, despite, you know, high favorability and polling numbers. That's just not something our politicians have a track record of doing. And I, I tend to, you know, watch actions and base what I believe is going to happen based on what we've observed from actions in the past. We got about three minutes left. I want to ask you an economics question real quick. Uh, the narrative for the COVID thing was, okay, we shut down and went to remote work and we have a housing situation. The narrative was that the office stuff would bounce back once the COVID thing was over and that would affect housing prices a certain way. Now we got some numbers and data. Some folks kind of surprised how that's working out, aren't they? Uh, some are. So, you know, there was a recent paper from the National Bureau of Economic Research. Uh, it is a collective of economists. Generally speaking, uh, if there's a working paper of that group, it's probably high quality and probably something worth paying attention to uh, and reading and understanding. And essentially what it said was a lot of the uh, house price growth that we've seen, uh, especially in the last year, year and a half, uh, is due to the shift in remote work. So look, I just put, put pulled up some, some figures. You've got about 7 million homes that were that were purchased either with a mortgage or with cash last year. Um, you have about 20, uh, 25% of the workforce now essentially fully remote uh, or working from home. And to agree that they, that they weren't working fully remote or working from home beforehand. Uh, you can do the math and you can figure out that there's a lot of households that are potentially thinking, would have potentially thinking about moving and might be a substantial portion of that 7 million home purchase that happened last year or the year before. Um, it doesn't take a lot to move a housing market. And you're, you're, you're talking with, to folks, you know, th these are folks who now have demand for, for housing that's a little bit bigger because everybody wants to have a home office. I work out of my living room. <laughs> um, it'd be nice to have a home office. Um, so you have folks wanting to move around, you know, get an extra space. That's going to drive up housing demand. It's going to drive up housing prices, um, you know, because of the demand, because there's not a lot of housing out there. Uh, we haven't built enough in the last decade um, to satisfy demand. And, and so, yeah, that, that, that is going to somewhat exacerbate, um, you know, housing costs. Also, a lot of the families that are eligible for remote work, these are white collar workers, double income, white collar workers, lots of disposable income, lots of savings uh, from not having to do lots of things during COVID. So just flush with cash. I mean, these are not people that got the bailouts or anything or, or cash transfers, whatever we want to call them. Um, you know, extra assistance, which we might have been needed, especially for the, the lower income folks. I think that was absolutely good policy. But, you know, um, we had a population that was flush with cash that's not eligible for remote work and was moving. Um, yeah, that, that's going to drive housing costs. And, now, now what you're talking about in terms of office, yeah, we expected for over time, right, offices would reopen and that would bring people back or office buildings would transition to 
um, apartments and condos, but cities are what we call putty clay. When a city or a city area starts being developed, it's very putty, it's very fluid, you can mold it into whatever you want. And then over time it hardens and becomes clay and it's very hard to sort of do anything except destroy the whole thing and restart. And that's very costly and very time consuming. Real quick, um, the other part of this, and we said it during the COVID thing because I've been a business manager, I knew this was coming and people are just now starting to believe me on this. I was like, you watch these companies are gonna take a look at their overhead numbers after having the offices shut down for two years and go, ooh, I like that nice fat number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, I mean, look, my agency, like we are now pretty much 90% of our employees are fully remote um, or at least home-based, I should say. Um, and the cost savings uh, is such that we actually are going to have a stipend for us to buy all of our, I guess, overhead items so that the agency no longer has to do that since we're at home. So things like my office chair and stuff that the agency used to have to provide, or they're not going to provide anymore. We just get a, a cash transfer to basically handle it. Yeah. Good taking money from the government. Yeah. Jericho Hill, our good friend. I'm teasing. Yeah. Uh, real hey, quick. Hey, to be fair, I, my agency is not funded by any taxpayer dollars. So Very, I, I stand corrected. I do apologize to everyone. We are good stewards of our money too. So. There you go. I, I never doubted it. Uh, real quick, let folks know where they can find you on your social media and you're writing your new piece on the Reddit thread that has the receipts and also the discussion board posted is up at ordinary-times.com. Let me know about social media, my friend. You can always find me on Twitter as Motoconomist, and that's pretty much spot on. And occasionally I get off my butt and I write for Ordinary Times and hopefully more to come in the future. Um, yep. And I appreciate you doing this second time. We tried to do this last week and I was up in West Virginia and the broadband's horrible, so it didn't work out. So we Your 14.4 modem was, was amazing. Hey, my parents just got, they just got off dial up like five years ago. It's crazy. But we ended up talking about wrestling for 40 minutes, didn't record a thing. Jericho Hill, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you, sir. Hopefully I have something better to discuss next time. Anytime. Thank you, sir. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.